everybody, this is Chris Corso for the Vikings.com post-game report. I'm joined by our analyst for today, Ben Lieber. Ben, you were on the sideline throughout that great victory as the Vikings got back on track at home. What was it like just being on the sideline, seeing the Vikings go out there and win the game against the Lions? You know, it was good. I think everybody, all, all eyes and attention were just on how is this team going to respond? You know, yep. you, got, you got a short week. They got physically beat up against Seattle. And how are they going to respond to a team that, on paper, you should go out and dominate? Yep. You know, can you can you go out there and dominate them? And I think that they did that in all three phases. Uh, they took advantage, you know, even after the interception from Harrison, got three points out of that. You would love to see seven. But anytime that you can take the ball away and score points off of it, it doesn't matter what game you're in, if the game's out of hand or not. But uh, that's those are good signs for this team that needed a rebound. Way to come back. It feels a hell of a lot better to win, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. We worked our butts off this week. We came back out. We played good. Played good on defense, right? We were efficient offensively. Did a good job in the return game on special teams. That's a hell of a job. I'm proud of you. Okay. Hey, let's get on a roll here, fellas. All right. We still haven't played our best football yet. We're, clo we're getting closer, but we haven't played our best football yet. We're gonna need it down the stretch and finish up strong. All right. All right, Pat. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Pound it on three. One, two, three. Pound it. Yeah, the biggest thing I was focusing on for a rebound was the Vikings lead the NFL with just five rushing touchdowns given up on defense. Three of them happened last week, and the team gave up over 200 yards rushing to Seattle. It was only 70 to get today against the Lions. What did you see from the Vikings rushing defense? Well, I feel like specifically Linval was making plays. You know, that's we, great to hear. We we asked the the defensive linemen a lot of times just to be space holders and you know stay in your gap, fight yeah. off double teams, hold up guys so the second level defenders and the safeties can make all the plays in the run game. But it's an extra bonus when those guys up front can specifically go out and make plays themselves. Yeah. And then you get guys rallying to the football, and that's when good things happen. We didn't see it today, but going forward, you get defensive linemen making initial contact. Now all of a sudden you get the, the Anthony Bars and, and the Kendricks coming over and stripping the ball out and attacking the football to yeah. try to create some more takeaways. Another big uh, storyline for this game was the Vikings' pass rush. It was un unbelievable to see Daniil Hunter, the way he attacked a young quarterback. And, man, he hit a milestone today the youngest player ever to 50 career sacks. Well, they're sending the house here on third and 10, and down goes Blau in the arms of Daniil Hunter, who's just reached 50 sacks in his career, and he just turned 25 years old. Well, you see Daniil here on the right side of your screen, and let's seek the matchup when you put a tight end on him, and that's number 83, Jesse James, who's not known as a fierce pass protector, that's a matchup the Vikings will take all day. And, and I mean, what does that say about this guy? You know, he so quietly just goes about his business. And I think that's the one thing I appreciate about him is in the NFL, it's so easy to get caught up in ego. It's so, get, it's so easy to get caught up in, in self-promotion. And he's not about that. He's about earning respect from his teammates and the guys that he's playing across. And he's certainly done that across the league. Um, so he's, he's very humble in his, in his superstardom. You know, the, the sack that he had, I believe, was right before the half. Yep. Oh, and down he goes all the way back to the 28-yard line. That's and that's the third sack of the game by Daniil Hunt. What you want to do is take his sack. If you don't have anything, throw the ball away. There's a lot of guys in this building that like a souvenir of an NFL football. Throw it away. You got to have the trifecta way, before the, the half. Way, the way he closed in on the quarterback, yeah. I'm like, 
he he was running. I bet you if you clocked him, he had a a ten yard split that was as fast as a cornerback running the forty. I mean, yeah. he he sees the quarterback when he sees the opportunity. He just ignites uh, and lights people up. So. Uh, he's a treat to watch and, uh, you know, listen to the guys in the back end of the defense. They really appreciate whenever it's him or, or Everson or Weatherly just getting after the, the quarterback and making their jobs easier on the back end. And how do you keep this dominant? You know, how do you maintain it on tougher matchups against Green Bay and Chicago? Well, just don't get complacent. Go in um, each week and just try and get better and better on defense and offense and special teams, the whole team. Daniel Stefan said that you thought you were going to maybe get five today, and he was gunning for five sacks for you. You kind of felt that you were going to have a big day coming in, didn't you? Um, it wasn't just me alone. You know, the DBs and the linebackers did their job on the back end, allowing us to get to the quarterback. So that's, that's a real plus for the defense right there. And like I said, you know, we just went back, went back out there and we went to a, a fundamental football, uh, playing with that chip on our shoulders. And I think at one point, four out of the five sacks came on third downs. That's something that you guys really wanted to get to on third downs. Yeah, that, definitely. That's something that we stressed all year, you know, just going back and uh, making plays on third downs, you know, getting the offense back on the field. Neil, when you play against a rookie quarterback, who knows a guy may end up having a great career, but do you know that you guys have a chance to make a huge splash against a guy that doesn't have a whole lot of experience back there? Oh, definitely. Uh, uh, the DBs and the uh, linebackers, we know that if, if they're able to do their job, it's going to give us time to get back to the quarterback. Uh, and it definitely showed out the other day, um, giving us the D-line a chance to go back in the second. What did it mean to you to get over 50 career sacks? Uh, it's an honor, you know. Uh, I definitely didn't do it by myself. Uh, you know, teammates, coaches, and all that. You know, if it wasn't for them, you know, I wouldn't have been where I'm at today. Um, it was an individual effort. Uh, I wouldn't have been nowhere close to it. So it's an honor. To have that type of mark, though, when you're 25 years old, I mean, can you track where your ceiling is? Can you even think about that type of thing? You know, I only think about the now moment. You know, I think about what I need to do now to help my team in order to win games and in order to put my teammates in better positions to make plays. That said, but a lot of guys have played this game and you got those 50 sacks faster than anybody. Is that set in at all with you? I, you know, I just, like I said, I just go out there and I play the game, man. You know, play the game to win, play the game to help my teammates. How, how do they set you up for those sacks, the, the other guys in the defensive line? Um, sometimes they'll have a chipper on the other side or a chipper on my side. And if, if Griff's hot, they'll set the chipper up on his side and then you know, they'll leave one-on-one -on, -one on the left side of the line or the middle of the line and all that. So it all comes back down to the DBs and the linebackers whenever they cover their guys and having the quarterback hold the ball. Does it surprise you that teams... What was that? The first sack they left you one-on-one -on -one with the tight end. How often does that happen? Um, I mean, it's been happening a lot this year, but um, you know, if you get that, you know, just got to win. I mean, is that your mindset when you get a tight end trying to block you one-on-one -on -one that you're going to win that matchup? I mean, definitely. That's that, that's your mindset. Man. He's not a tackle, so he's more of catching the pass. So when you go out there and you get a one-on-one -on -one tight end, you're just trying, trying to beat him quickly. Daniel, that, that one sack where you really had to chase Blau down and kind of looked like he was backpedaling and afraid, do you see at, at all, do you look at their face, do you see fear in any of these quarterbacks' eyes? Like, oh my God, he was coming at me again. Uh, I don't really look at his face. I'm just trying to get him down before he throws the ball. But like I said, it all comes back down to the, the DBs and the linebackers, what they did, you know, covering their guys and allowing him to scramble and just holding on to the ball and make a sack. You seem like you're having fun though out there. Oh, definitely. We're all having fun out there. Let's go out there and play the game and have fun. Is it surprising how much you're still seeing tight ends given the success you've had? Sometimes it just has to come down to that. You know? it, whether it'll be me or Griff or Fadi or Steven who's out there, you know, you get a one-on-one -on -one with the, the tight end, we just got to go out there and win.
It was funny. In the first half, I think he had like minus 27 yards and the entire offense for the Lions, like no one had that many yards positively. So it was just unbelievable the impact that a guy like that could have on the game. Let's switch things over to the Vikings offense. How about Kirk Cousins? I mean, 24 of 30 on the game. He doesn't really make too many mistakes at all, especially at home. He had one where he kind of threw a ball when some pressure was coming, and it was almost an interception. But that pass to Ola B.C. Johnson for that touchdown, it was in a spot where only he could catch it. First and goal at the nine-yard line, and looking at the end zone. And it is a touchdown for Johnson, his third of the year. Uh, that's who you have to go after, and you're going to see B.C. Johnson working across the back line of the end zone. The patience of Kirk Cousins with the fake, the protection. And how about B.C. Johnson making the most of his opportunity, Tom? Seventh rounder out of Colorado State. Feeling goes down. He gets an opportunity. He's been a very productive player. Well, I tell you what, this rookie class, and obviously your brother, Rick Spielman, is a general. Yeah. You know, they, he read that play perfectly. It's a play-action pass. Again, it gets the defense to stop just a little bit. Um, and, and I like the design from Stefanski and the fact that Ola BC was coming from left to right. Yep. They throw that ball in the back, kind of the back right corner of the end zone. Well, they, he, he brings a lot of stuff from the right to left on the underneath as well. So now as a defender, you got to see whether or not it's play-action pass. And then you all of a sudden you get you get color flashing in front of your face across your body, and the ball then goes the opposite the direction. Yeah. And it's just like it, there's just a lot to look at and it's a lot to feel and a yep. lot to diagnose in a short amount of time. So schematically it was a perfect call. The execution was great. And, again, Kirk, everybody wants him to just take care of the football and be a smart player. Yep. And he's been doing that in spades. And, and then you ask him to throw the ball at the end of the first half you know, in a spot where only Diggs can go and make a catch on a 44-yard reception to set up another score, that's what you want out of your quarterback as well. Great home win. Uh, great to get back in front of our fans. I thought they brought a lot of energy today and had a big impact in, you know, how dominant our defense was. Can't say enough good things about our defense, the way they uh, really dominated so much of the game. And uh, that really um, created the tenor for the game for us. You know, we didn't feel that much pressure on offense to – um, you know, have to keep scoring, keep scoring because the way our defense was playing, if anything, our focus was, you know, don't give them anything, don't give them a short field, don't turn the ball over and, and allow our defense to really uh, win the game. And they did. So, uh, you know, we made enough plays. Um, there's certainly a lot that we'll go back and talk about and talk about how we need to make them. But uh, all in all, it was great to win. And, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll do it any way we have to. So I'll take any questions you have. In that sense, Kirk, did this feel at all like that Atlanta game where you had an early lead and sort of just kept the lead throughout? Yeah, similar. Um, you know, it felt maybe a little tighter than that. I think we got up even more on Atlanta. But, uh, um, you know, again, just really good defensive performance all through the game. And, uh, uh, you know, we did a little bit of, of, of – it was a mixture on offense. It was running the football at times. It was – Throwing the football at times, it was play action at times, it was a screen here or there, but it wasn't any one thing, it wasn't any uh, dominance, but um, it was certainly enough, even you know, even a little from the two minute. So uh, a few different phases were really good for us, and then we had a you know time or two where didn't convert a third down or didn't make a play that we needed to that probably would have helped the game feel a little bit more like a really strong outing. End of the first half there, when you have a minute left and you take the shots at Diggs, right sideline, do you feel like you can almost kind of put them away there before halftime? Uh, it's important to uh, not only score before the half, but then, you know, we started with the ball. 
in the start of the second half. And I think that's where you can talk about maybe being able to put a team away is when you can score going into the half and score coming out of the half. Unfortunately, we went three and out uh, coming out of the half, and that you know was where you uh, point to a drive that you feel like wasn't good enough. But uh, yeah, when you have the timeouts we had and the uh, and, and could cover the field, you know, with about a minute, it's it's been uh, it was good to see that that drive and. That was a big touchdown is the way the game played out. I think we've done a great job in, in two minutes at the end of halves uh, this year, getting some points, getting some field goals and a touchdown there. And hopefully we can keep that up as the year goes on. It ends up having a big impact on the game. Aside from the two minute, it felt like the offense was fairly conservative. Was that yeah. the game plan going in or was that kind of a response to just how the game was evolving? Yeah, good question. I think um, it was a combination of, I think, um, Detroit did a really good job of varying their their coverages. I don't think we got a great feel for what they were trying to do and when they were trying to do it. It was pretty um, pretty multiple, and um, certainly in the second half, I think it was an emphasis to run the football. Uh, and then when you do that, you know you just got to convert third downs. You're going to get in third and six and seven, and you got to you got to convert them. And we just we didn't, and so then we were punting. But uh, uh, you know, I certainly was a little conservative, but probably not as much as some other games where we've had a big lead. Um, we, we got some split safety, you know, there were also some times where, you know, one where I, we ran a play action. I did try to go downtown to, to Diggsie and we just didn't, didn't get there. Didn't hit it. Um, um, you know, Diggsie just felt like he couldn't, they were holding a little bit and he couldn't get pulled through the coverage. And so, uh, there were a couple times where we felt like there are shots to be had, but didn't hit them. Um, and then there were other times where, yeah, you're, you're checking it down because it is they're, They are getting out of there and playing with a lot of depth. Not sure if the Bradbury reception was part of the plan, <laughs> but like, but eleven different receivers or whatever, really spreading the ball out. Yeah, kind of making it work with, with whoever, right? Yeah, eleven sounds like a lot. I don't even know if I can remember all the the eleven players, but uh, it says something about the system and uh, maybe the way the defense was playing to take certain people away, and um, also points out how our screen game and our um, our play action game oftentimes can get an opportunity for a running back, a fullback, a tight end. Um, and those are some of those guys usually aren't, you know, primaries in the route, but they end up actually getting the football quite a bit, you know, when, when they take other people away. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, so I looked left. They matched the two people I was trying to work. Didn't see my third option showing up yet. So I started to move, felt the need to move. And then I saw Rudy, the guy basically covering Rudy came at me. And I thought I'll just pop it over him, but someone from behind me, as I was trying to throw it, you know, pulled me in some way where my arm couldn't get free. And so I'm trying to throw it, and I never got my arm to where it needed to get. It just got right here, and it was like it, it you know, didn't come out. So then it went right in his chest, and thankfully it wasn't caught. But um, you know, Rudy was wide open there. I was trying to touch it right over him, you know, but uh, weren't able to do it. Uh, I just saw him in the cold tub. I said, you caught a pass today? I, I got hit and didn't see, so I didn't even know. Um, he said, yeah, I caught it. it was good. But he looks at me and said, but it was a five-yard loss. I said, oh. So, uh, uh, yeah, bat it down if he can, but whatever. Against Daniel Hunter, now you're on his side, you practice against him. What is it that makes him special in your eyes? Um, uh, he's got a great way about him with his work ethic. Uh, Football matters to him, and uh, he's obviously talented. He certainly looks the part, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a great pass rusher. He's strong. Uh, 
uh, not a lot of weaknesses to his game. And, um, you know, when you can give our defense a lead at home and give them the chance to rush the passer, uh, someone like Danil is going to take full advantage. So we, we need to give them more opportunities to do that by getting a lead early and getting that momentum. Kurt, tough loss on Monday night in Seattle. It's a short week. You guys had to get it together real quick. Talk about the resilience your team showed this week to come together for a big game today. Well, we had a really good practice on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Really did everything we needed to do to be ready for this game, but that doesn't guarantee anything. And uh, uh, this was a weird one because it felt like we couldn't take a big step forward. It was either, you know, you don't get it done and, and it's going to be a problem or you, you win and you kind of shrug your shoulders and move on. And so we just want to make sure we didn't lose that edge or that energy. And, uh, uh, you know, I think we came out and started fairly fast and, and did what we needed to do to win. Continued toughness shown by Dalvin coming back after mm -hmm. uh, last week's injury and having a solid outing. Yeah, just uh, did a great job, you know, with his with his uh, body this week, getting healthy. And, and then uh, it was just a, a great uh, encouragement to have him out there and uh, try to keep our, our main unit as intact as possible. Oh, I just think that, you know, you come back home and you're playing a team that has three wins. And there's just a kind of on the outside this assumption that, oh, they'll win. Or if they don't, then, then you know, they, they fell short of the goal. Whereas every, every win is hard-earned. Every win is tough. Uh, I, I think, you know, part of the struggles we had today on, on offense at times were because of the Lions defense doing a really good job. So um, you just kind of get nervous about ever letting your guard down in this league. Because when you do that, you get hit in the mouth. And... Uh, Fortunately, you know, we came ready to play, but it was just something I was aware of and, and going back to having a good week and doing what you need to do to, to not let that happen. Yeah, the drive of the game for the Vikings offense came to end the second half. They get the ball with about a minute remaining before halftime, and Kirk Cousins throws a dime just over the top into the breadbasket for Stephon Diggs. Play action, and they look down to field high throw, but going up to get it. First reception of the day for Diggs, receiving season. Well, you see Diggs is slayed back in there, which is good news, but he recognizes zone, and that was a high ball, and usually Kirk is on target with that, but Diggs, of course. Lights out, came out and got a lot of stops for us. Kirk's playing extremely well. Makes made some hell of throws out there, and obviously running the ball pretty efficiently, and everybody's just really just doing their job, so at this point, you know, we're just trying to play our best football in December. You talk about playing the best football. You know they have three out of four in December here. You guys are still perfect. How important is that to get this one under the belt then? It's good to win at home. It's always good to win at home. And, um, trying to create you know, a snowball effect as far as like building that momentum and having success and playing your best football. We still, we still haven't played our best football. We got a lot of football in front of us and we look forward to it. Stephon, 11 different receivers caught the ball today. Talk about spreading it around the way you guys did. He's finding an open man. Um, as far as like, you know, it's hard to key on guys and do all that kind of thing. Probably like schematically, but you know uh, he's moving. He's moving the ball around. He's finding open man. Playing good football. What was your words? You said the worst digs last week. Much better digs today. What you mean? You said you said you saw we saw worst digs last week. You said yeah, that this I mean week. I'm alright today. I've been better. I'm blessed though. Talk about your catch at the end of the half down the right side. It looked like a tough catch. It was a good ball. More than a better ball. It's like automatic that you keep both feet in though. Like you don't even <laughs> think about it anymore, right? I mean, that's the rule, you know, back in college, you only needed one, but mm -hmm. now you need two, so I'm working at it. 
Stefan, how important is it and source of a pride for you guys that after a loss you have always followed it up with a victory? How important is that that's, mindset? I mean, that's that's what you got to do as far as, like, nobody likes to lose, especially I know the guys on my team. Uh, we like to play at a high level. We love to win. And when we don't, we're not meeting our standards. So at this point, bouncing back was the goal. Now we just got to keep it going. And with the defense under fire, taking all the criticism, yeah. I know they take it to heart. To see them come out that way, how much does that mean to you guys as an offense to see that? I mean, that's, a, that's excellent. I mean, as far as like being a team, you know, that's that's what we aim for everybody to play well. But it's been times that the offense wasn't playing when the defense held it down. So as far as like us, you know, we just want to have each other back. You know, when things are going good or good, when it's going bad, we just got to pick each other up. At the end of the day, we're a team. How about Daniel Hunter being the youngest? I wanted him to get five. I wanted him to get five <laughs> seconds today. He told me he was trying to aim for five, but hell of a player, you know, uh, damn near. I think he's only like 23, 24. So hopefully a lot more sex to come. And then Dalvin Cook again runs the ball into the end zone. It was a little bit non-traditional for Dalvin Cook, only rushing for about 60 yards. But in all, with Alexander Madison, the Vikings had 120 rushing yards today. Capped off with a touchdown from Dalvin Cook on that drive. And a sack was the field goal. Now Cook sniffing the end zone. He got there. Dalvin Cook, the NFL's leader with his 13th rushing touchdown of the season. Well, he's going to get a nice lead block by Kyle Rudolph right here. You always have to respect him as a pass catcher. But watch this block right here on the outside contain. Wilson jumps inside. Remember, you don't have to knock out. That's the middle of the team right there. Um, just wanted to show you the character of the guys that we got in the locker room. Our coaching staffs and everybody we surround around just you know, want to battle back in the football games. We've seen it all week by guys practicing. Our coaches pushing us. And, you know, we wanted to go out there and learn what they well, you're yeah. fighting through injury to come out and play the way you did. You have to be proud of yourself, especially with that touchdown. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good to go. You know, it's a physical game. Got some big guys over there in Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, came out healthy, clean, and that's part of the sign. So get ready for that next week. Did you feel any soreness or any residual effects from the? That's part of the game. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, that's part of the game. That's a physical game. I play running back, so I got to block. Uh -huh. I take hits, blindside hits. So. That's part of the game, man. You just gotta learn to play through stuff like that. You don't get, you don't feel aches and stuff like that, but I'd be good. I'm a tough. The guy, the guy hit you with a helmet, though. Did that uh, shake? You know, I didn't even step? know he did. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just was tired. I came out. Hey, how important was that touchdown late in the second half to take that little bit bigger lead after Diggs is gone? Yeah, I gotta get out of the Diggs. Um, but yeah, we always talk about you know double dipping and. We always talk about getting, we get the ball for the half, we'll get some points, three, seven, whatever. And if we get the ball back for the half, we'll get some more. But we came out kind of stale, but it was important for us to get those points right there. That was big. How about the way the defense came out, especially they've been taking some hits lately and, and to play lights out today? Eventually, they're going to come to themselves, you know, of whatever it is. You know, ever since I came to Minnesota, we've been relying on our defense to, to be clutch in certain situations. And today they played like so I think it was like 90 some yards going into the fourth quarter, something like that. That's big, man. So you know, hats off to the D for coming to play, coming to play today. Cause like I said, in the second half we came out kind of stale. Like the third quarter we we kind of had like a like a law right there. Like we didn't we didn't really pick up first downs and help our defense, and they was getting the ball back fast. So the defense took care of business. Being a young guy, does it just blow you away how Daniel Hunter is doing what he's doing at his age as well? Yeah, real. <laughs> I, I kind of understand what quarterbacks go through. <laughs> you got a guy that big, fast, and you know, how he's made up. He's a pretty player. The way he's coming at you, he's like, 
I'm a real player, man. I'm just happy he's on my team. Dalvin, how much easier is it in that huddle when you're working, now, huh? Vander's working, 11 different guys are catching balls? How much easier is it in the huddle when everything's in play? It's a change up. You, know, you got a lot of guys getting the football and don't know where the, where the ball can get distributed to. So, and Kurt do a good job of getting all of the ball, keeping the defense off balance. I think you know, that's why me and Alex, Boom, Amir, all us, man, we try to we push ourselves so much to where we we can get the running game going, no matter if it's two three yards, to keep Kurt ahead of the stick so he can make good decisions, which he always do. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. Thanks. Have a good day. Well, again, when you put stuff out on tape. Uh, and they've got to watch the tape of just how good Dalvin is. You go back to the last time they played in Detroit, they did a decent job of bottling up the initial, uh, the initial running lane. But Dalvin was breaking tackles. He was seeing things on the outside that he'd bounce to the outside. A lot of second effort plays. Yep. So you know for sure that even though he's a little bit banged up with a chest injury, that those guys were going to come into this game like, okay, we got to get downhill whenever, whenever he gets the football. Yeah. But that's where play action comes a part of it. You know, maybe he doesn't have to rush for 120 yards himself, but just the idea and the threat that he can get downhill and he can make guys miss and he can run you over and just be a dynamic ball carrier, that's kind of what sets up everything else. And it sounds just so simple. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, we just run the football and then we do play action. But you got to be successful at it and you got to threaten the defense with it. And we've been doing that really successfully all year long. Then in the second half, it was pretty much just milking the clock. I want to touch on special teams because normally yeah. we only talk about them when there's a missed field goal or a mistake. Yeah. Dan Bailey was phenomenal today. I mean, he makes a 50-plus yarder. Those extra points at the end there, that just makes it a lead that just can't be caught by the Detroit Lions because Dan Bailey just keeps tacking on points there. Yeah, you know, after the missed extra point from last week, I know that he wanted to come out and get a, a better taste in his mouth. And, you know, no better way than hit a 50-yarder, yeah. you know, in your home crowd and then still have room left on that kick. I mean. Yeah, it was, it was, it had the distance. Yeah, I mean, that, that ball would have been good from 60, if not longer. So, uh, got plenty of leg on it. Uh, he's playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, Cole quits doing everything that he can do uh, in the punting game. You know, a lot of confidence out of him. Placing the ball exactly where he needs to directionally. So, yeah, special teams, again, after the fake punt from last week in, in Seattle, you did notice they went punt safe a little bit more often. You saw defensive players out there just in a punt safe mode. Yep. Didn't want to give up another cheap, uh, another cheap fake. But they, adjust, they adjusted from last Monday night, and they made plays today. Last thing, the Vikings now have – they're they're undefeated at home, six and zero. The only team in the NFL undefeated at home, which is I did unbelievable. Not know that. Yeah, it's crazy. And they have two more games at home against the Bears and the Packers. But before that, they take on the Los Angeles Chargers next week. What are you expecting from that game? You play for these two teams. I know, I know. I played for these two teams, and uh, you know, it's it's going to be a little bit bittersweet. I mean, I got to be honest. Like, I, who do you you got to root for? Us. Well, I'm obviously they're I'm rooting, I'm rooting for the Vikings, but. Um, <laughs> You know, it is it is a funny emotional, uh, I guess, tug yeah. when when I'm watching the Chargers and I still cheer for them. You know, I still there are a few people. Oh, Phillips probably the only guy on the team that I played with, but uh, everybody in the front office basically is uh, as there. far as marketing and PR and ownership and all that. They're all still there, so um, I, I care about them. I want them to be successful. I don't want to see anybody get fired. Um, <laughs> But for this one game, I'll, I'll put that emotional connection aside, and, like uh, and hopefully we can take care of business out in L.A. Awesome. What are you expecting from the Vikings in these last three games? It's 9-4 and four now. Yeah. We saw the Packers win today. They're one game ahead of us, and obviously we play them in two weeks. Do you think there's a chance we can get that division? Well, there's, there's definitely a chance, and, and I really hope that 
the players and the, and the coaches internally can just keep everything, everything compartmentalized and yep. say, all right, we're playing the L.A. Chargers. That's the game we're focused on. Yes, there's a big Monday night game with huge imp implications after that, but let's take care of business for this one game. And, and because it's such a short season that's left, I no doubt have confidence that they're, they're going to be able to do that and take care of business. And uh, they got to find balance. I mean, they got to find balance in offense and defense. That'll do it for the Vikings postgame report. The Vikings get back on track 9-4 and four, and have a chance to catch, catch the Packers for the division. Skull Vikings.